friends, and welcome to a sun-soaked Friday edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. I am Mark Heath. I'm your host. I'm in a vest, as you may notice. If you're watching on video, it's because it's bloody hot. It's caliente at Heath Towers, and I can't sit here in anything less um, than a a rather skimpy top. There may be a wardrobe malfunction at some point if I move quickly, so hopefully not. But hey, it's exciting for the next hour or so, isn't it, if you're watching on video. I'm joined by my three favourite kings, Stuart Watson, Ross Halls, Andy Warren, Mike Bacon is on holiday today. Uh, we'll have a podcast out on Sunday. His favourite Town 11 series continues. I think it is Stephen Foster this week. Friends, how are we all? Um, before we get going on the actual football, I want to talk about something that happened uh, earlier this week. The second instalment of KOA fan social football soccer down the excellent goals facility in Ipswich, that's excellent goals facility in Ipswich. If you uh, if you do fancy sponsoring us, I wasn't involved clearly because I'm out for the season. Brackets old slash knee. Hutchie's still negotiating his, his his appearance fee, which is quite hefty. Um, so this time Roscoe, of course, was there leading the pack. But there's also Mr. Doctor Stuart Watson strolling around, running ting like the imperious baller that he is. Stewie, tell us all about it. Uh, I don't know what to tell you about it. Yeah, it was good, good five-side kick about with the boys. Got to meet a few of the uh, the uh, the KOA social lads for the first time, which was which was a real pleasure. Thank you to them. I didn't uh, get a chance to say thank you to them for all they do with Ross post games and and during the week with the fan social. That was good fun. Uh, to say I hadn't played in a long time is an understatement. I had to go into my loft to find some appropriate footwear beforehand. So all things considered. Um, wasn't too bad shaking off the rust. And you were telling us it got proper tasty between you and Roscoe. You dumped him into the boards. He kicked you up in the air. Tell us more about that. Maybe hyping that up a little bit too much. There was a Doesn't moment where, where, where Ross and I went, I thought we were going to go shoulder to shoulder down the touchline. Ross didn't provide much resistance back when, when the shoulder went in. So um, he went down on that occasion, but he, he did get me back a few minutes later. But uh, yeah, it was good, Ross, wasn't it? Yeah, it's good fun. Um, so when we played with you, Heathy, we played at Wembley, but this time we played at the Stand of France. So oh, nice. We upped up a little bit. It's Champions League final time, this one. And Stu brought his own football. You said that's the Football League football. <laughs> he brought his own football. Yeah. Did you really? <laughs> Amazing. It's my ball. It's my game. Yeah. Some controversy I know as well on, on the socials, Stu, about you rocking up in a yellow top. Yeah, I thought that might... Raise eyebrows. That was a freebie I got when we played at St George's Park a couple of years ago. Um, oh, just pick that name up off the floor. Played at it St was, George's Park. There we go. Well, <laughs> is that a, is that a name drop? I'm not not quite sure it is. Um, I wore that because it was either that or I had to wear that Ipswich shirt that I got, which had Watson six on the back, and I thought I might look a bit of a wanker if I turned up with my own name and number on the back of a shirt. So um, I opted for the yellow instead. I did also enjoy the picture that, that, that Ross had, the uh, obviously the traditional f- uh, fists up picture post, um, post-game in the pub. Someone pointed out it looked like you'd been photoshopped in, and it genuinely did, Stewie. <laughs> there was some sort of like haze around you. I guess that's just your aura. Uh, but it did look as if you'd, you'd literally just been dropped in Photoshop style. Yeah, Stewie was there, honest. Um, anyway, uh, Hutchie, we're, I think we're a grand a game at the moment for you, appearance fee-wise. Are we, are we like to get that deal across the line? We're going to see you. In the next few weeks, you might you might need a potential change change to the law. Um, <laughs> what? From what from what I've been told, you you are not allowed to leave a four year old 
in the house on their own. Oh, <laughs> that's what I've that's what I've been told. Boring. Um, so yeah, I've, yeah. I've... Can't she? Can't she come with? Can she kick a ball? She can. Not at that time of night because she needs to get uh, her sleep. Okay. All right then. So child stops play there. But who knows? Hopefully Hutch will get involved in the future. Friends, let's move on, shall we? Um, we're doing this on Friday. What is it? June the 10th? He says checking his watch. June the 10th. The transfer window has officially opened, which means we have to start the uh, the show, I guess, with the sexy stuff. Um, I know, boys, that we talk about this all the time and you, it's not something you particularly enjoy, but it gets the people going. So let's start the show with it. Um the first thing to mention, of course, is over this, this summer transfer window, you're going to see numerous rumour, gossip, etc. Just a reminder, the various stages of treatment that we approach that with. If you see a story, and I know I've said this before, but it's worth repeating. If you see a story that we've done, standalone story, usually be written by the Stuart or Andy, because let's be honest, they're the, the people with their ears to the ground, i.e. town interested in Jack Taylor, James Norwood's going to sign for Ipswich Town, um, all those ones we did last summer when the various players were on their way. That is because it's a story that we've done, we've sourced, we're confident in it, uh, and we believe it to be correct. That's the first and highest level of transfer story. Second is Ipswich Town transfer rumours. These are stories that come from a credible source that we think may be something in, but we haven't been able to independently verify, but they're still worth chucking out there because it's interesting. And the third and maybe most interesting, most important level of transfer story is the ones that you don't see as touch. There's a reason for that. Um, despite there being loads of rumours around, because we don't think it's a, a story, essentially. Um, so on that note, boys, there was there was something going around this week. Uh, let's kick off with this. Strikers, obviously, Town want to sound a striker this summer or two. Um, and there was links this week with Danny Hilton, Luton striker, doing the rounds. Um, does one of you want to pick up on this, Stewie? We talked about this, didn't we? Yeah, um, nothing in it. As far as we're concerned, having made some some inquiries, it, it can be quite tiresome in this day of <laughs> social media with the, the amount of names that come out. Every time something goes in there, it's how we have to do due diligence and duty of care to check them out. Sometimes that can be a very quick phone call too. That Sometimes it takes a bit more digging, but nothing in that Hilton one. I think that's, as we've said before, when you see a player linked to multiple clubs, hmm. that's normally a bit of a, uh, a giveaway that... Uh, might be an agent just trying to drum up a bit of interest in in their client, um, but no, nothing in that one as far as we're concerned. And and we're not going to go down the route of doing a sort of knocking story with a big screaming intro- headline that says Ipswich Town are not interested in such and such player. We'll, we'll we'll blob that on the bottom of something else. We'll weave it into some of the copy that we do, but I don't think we're going to do standalone stories on non-interesting players. So that's why we approach that one that way. Yeah. Sunderland Sunderland being promoted back to the championship might change that a little bit. Um because they used to appear in all of those, didn't they? Yeah. Ipswich, Ipswich and Sunderland and Sheffield Wednesday and Charlton are all after X. Mm. Um might be a bit different now. I, I don't know if they'll be quite as a League One isn't isn't quite as attractive. Maybe Derby can once they're allowed to do anything, um might slip into that role. Yeah, I mean, Ipswich will be within a bracket of clubs that, that there is a certain clubs get put in little groups that are going after the same sort of band of players. And I think last season, Ipswich were coming up against Wigan for the same type of players because of 
not only being in the same sort of financial ballpark, but obviously because of the, the Cook-Richardson dynamic last summer, um, this year you'd imagine it will be Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, Portsmouth, teams of a, of a similar ilk. So it doesn't take much if you were on the, the player side of the camp to kind of work out. You can, start, you, you can start to work out which clubs are after which positions that are in the same sort of financial bracket. And then Bob's your uncle, you can kind of bracket a few of them together and, and hope mm. that it creates something. And I'm sure that's a big part of Mark Ashton's job to kind of see, see through the smoke and mirrors of, of all of that sometimes um, and, and work out what's genuine and what's not. Yeah. Um, the other thing to mention is whole transfer um, window is, again, consider the source, friends. If you see a story and, and find the source, which is essentially some Twitter EFL transfer rumours site with about 10 followers or, or someone, you know, sort of bedroom style journalist with 100 followers, that's unlikely to be an accurate sourced story. Uh, and also, obviously, there are sites out there that are based around aggregating SEO clickbait you call it hits again consider the source not saying they're always nonsense but consider the source um, and if we don't do it there's a reason for that um in the in the spirit of things then Hutchie um shall we have a, a brief review town have already signed two players in the in the free agent window as it were now they can actually start bidding for players making moves we know where they need to strengthen this summer another striker attacking midfielder left-sided specialist and potentially a backup goalkeeper. Is that a, a good summation of it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think you could probably potentially throw another central midfielder in there down the line, potentially. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's top of the priority list, but yeah, I think that's um, a nice focused, focused group of targets, focused position groups, um, rather than building an entire squad like they did last summer. It's now filling in some gaps, topping up where needed. And um adding quality in positions of need. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty fair fair summary of, of where they're at and um, and what they're looking for. I must just say, I've referred to just, just then, I've referred to bedroom journalists. I've just realised that we're all sat in bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, friends. You know what I mean. Um, right then. Yeah, and we can't get too sniffy about it because let's yeah. be honest, the, the, the world is a smaller place. People have got, there's some people that kind of do do what we do for fun and can do it really well as well. And um, people are accessible now in the world of, of DMs and social media and everything. So we can't go on to the days where you can kind of just dismiss that. Unfortunately, we have to, you can always get a bit of a sixth sense for whether something is genuine or not, but you can't ever dismiss anything because there's always an outside chance sometimes that there's, there's something in it. I mean, Scott Twine is, is a prime example this week. We were just chatting before we, we came on air. I know there's been a lot of noise around him on the on the various timelines in the last few days. And if you if you if you work back through where that's originated from, that kind of appears to have come from a tweet from an MK Dons fan that may or may probably have been on a wind up that has, that's got a few few bites on there, but. I would say it's un- very unlikely that Scott Twine would come to it. But I wouldn't say it's impossible either. Um, mm. From the little inquiries that we've made throughout the summer, not just in the last few days, is that he's someone that Ipswich obviously would want because of what he did in the division last year. Financially, I think Ipswich could compete with the championship clubs that will be after him. But ultimately, I think Scott Twine will be will be setting his sights higher than Ipswich, even with the vision and everything that comes with Ipswich at the moment. So... Yes, we have to look into to everything, regardless of where it's come from. Um, 
Hutchie, in terms of the grand scale of things, as a football journalist, because there are people who absolutely love, I mean, fans absolutely love transfer window opening, all the rumours and gossip and stuff. But there are so many rumours out there now. It's so easy to start a rumour that it makes it really hard nowadays to see the wood for the trees. Is this a period that you enjoy? Or is it like a, a period that you kind of endure until until it, it slams shut? I don't like the summer one. I really yeah. don't. I don't like the summer at all. It's it's very long. Um, January I can handle. It's a short, sharp burst of uh, injection of something interesting into the season. But I'll be honest, no, I don't. I don't particularly enjoy the the summer transfer window. Um, love, I, I love football transfers as much as anybody. I love mm-hmm. squads changing, players arriving, money being spent, surprises, things like that. But from a from a work point of view, if I'm completely honest. I don't I don't enjoy the summer very much at all. It's a bit of a bloody nightmare, isn't it, boys? Um, Rossi, I'm, by way of ending this conversation, moving on, I want to ask you, if this town have already signed two players this summer, they signed 19 last summer. How many signings do Ipswich Town need to make this summer? What would be a good number for you to be sitting at come the end of the transfer window? Mm, once again, it depends if there's any people who leave, you know, because there's yeah, I know, players. but yeah, just but, okay, sorry, I want to expand my answer <laughs> a little bit. Um, give me some airtime. Um, five or six, I'd say five or six but in those areas on. that we've discussed. Yes, pretty much. Is five that in addition six. to the two that have already come in, Russ? Oh no, no, no. So it's including that. So yeah, yeah including yeah. those. Okay, yeah. So what, yeah. Do, what, what, what do you reckon, boys? Is five or six a good solid number? We don't want. We don't want 19, do we? I mean, it's double figures even a bit a bit over the top this summer. No, I think five I, or six, yeah, yeah is, is is correct for me. I mean, we've, we've got Ball and Ladapo in, I would say. Another striker, obviously the left side, they're the next two big priorities. And then you're looking at probably another attacking midfielder, mm-hmm. may or may not be Selena, and then po- possibly a central midfielder. Ball, Evans, Morsi is a, is a pretty solid trio there. I'm going to say that Cameron Humphrey's breakthrough is more likely to be in one of those advanced number 10 positions. So it depends what you're going to do with uh, with El Mazzuni or Rakeem Harper. Um, so sent, possibly central midfield. So, yeah, I think that, that number Ross has just said there of five or six is is what it will be. OK, time will tell. No doubt be, it'll be something of a roller coaster. It always is this summer, isn't it? But obviously follow it all with us and we'll bring you everything um, up to date and as fast as we can uh, as per usual. Next up, friends, I'm going to start with you on this one, Hutchie. Pre-season fixtures. Unbelievably, Ipswich Town are going to play a game two weeks tomorrow. Uh, their first pre-season fixture is before June even ends at Needham Market. Um, how do we feel about this? I mean, obviously, the, the marquee fixture they've announced this week is the, is the West Ham game. Uh, I know you're something of a, a hammer. And then would you say West Ham are your second side? The Amers, is that fair enough? Um, I, I wouldn't quite go that strong, but if I was to have a a second team, it would be that. My you my can... dad is my dad is a my dad grew up as a is a as a West Ham fan. So yeah, it's all right. You can have second teams, can't you? I've got numerous teams I've got affection for. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Who are, who are your teams? <sighs> well, obviously Derby County, my my boyhood team, are probably now my second team, given that I cover Ipswich Town professionally. Uh, I'd have to 
be involved in that. I've, st- I've still, boys, I've got a bit of a fondness for Liverpool from my youth. Uh, I started out life as a Liverpool fan, Glory Hunter, uh, with that great Liverpool side of the 80s, early 90s. Uh, and I whisper this quietly as a Derby fan, I've also got a bit of a soft spot for Nottingham Forest. Um <laughs> Which is, is crazy. Brian Clough related? It's Brian, or... yeah, Brian Clough. You know, I think that Brian Clough is the greatest manager of all time, uh, the greatest personality that football has ever seen. Um, and it's that, yeah, it's that, it's that, it's that Clough link to Forest. Um, plus, you, you it, never met Jordan Spence, did you? I never that's... met Jordan Spence. No, no, no that's that, the greatest that... personality football's ever seen. <laughs> I like Jordan. Yeah, that link isn't there. Jordan's in Hollywood now, of course, isn't he, with his missus? Um, so yeah, Hutchie, West Ham clearly the marquee, uh, friendly, straight. Bit of a shame it's maybe on a Tuesday night. What, what did you make of it? I mean, clearly we all know that friendlies aren't serious business, but in terms of slate of fixtures, what, what do you make of it? Yeah, nice, nice, solid little, uh, nice, solid little group of games. I think all, all, all good travel-wise. Nothing too, nothing too crazy in terms of travelling, which is what they wanted. Um, quite, it's all a week ahead of schedule, isn't it? Because of the, because mm. of the. Um, because of the, the start of, of season being forward, but I think it's quite a nice little solid, solid group of games. Looking to, looking forward to seeing how um, how uh, how Kieran McKenna uses uses them. Play, playing a national league side at Portman Road um, in the final warm up game is is interesting with South End. That's a mm. unusual um, unusual one, but I think that might be a an occasion to kind of fine tune a couple of things, given that it's like four days before the the big kickoff. I'm not sure that I think that might be a, a game for. Do you think the fringe, the order fringe. of these has been carefully thought through? Because last summer, what was it uh, Millwall and Palace were kind of the the last ones. Am I right in saying that? I missed a couple of those building up to yeah. the season, and they were both. I wasn't at either of those games, but they were both sort of quite chastening experiences, weren't they, sort of leading in, into the season? And just purely from a confidence point of view, do you think by sticking South End at the ho- at home at the end, and that's no no gimme, but rather than finishing with a West Ham, traditionally you finish with they've finished with the, the bigger team at home. You're just giving yourself it's just setting you up a bit from from a mentality point of view, a bit nicer for mm. the opening game. Not sort of front load it, heavy load it, and kind of yeah. taper taper off. Um, you know, it's not exciting. It's not it's not an exciting game really. But that the game at Millwall really mm. really interests me because I like that game. I like the, the, just having that that kind of stretched level of of difficulty. A, a championship team who's been competitive in the championship for a long time, where Ipswich want to be. Um, that's the one that kind of interests me the most, mm. how, how they perform in, in that one. But again, that comes after West Ham and you're kind of tapering it off. That's a, maybe, Stu. I think that might, that's a, uh, you, you, can't, you can't put that level of thought past Kieran McKenna, I don't think. I think, no, uh, and I think I, Andy I, I, Rolls I has a big to think part about. to play in that. He's the director of performance and he's the one that puts a lot of thought into the scheduling. When they travel for away games, do we do two nights in advance? Do we do it on the day? Do we, you know, where do we stay? What training facilities do we use? And I think he was a big factor in in sort of sorting out this this preseason. So I'm sure a lot of thoughts gone into that. I mean, ultimately, it might come down to who was available on on what dates and and when. But yeah, um, yeah, I do wonder if there was a bit a bit of thought went into sort of not only who they play but the order that they play them. I'm sure that was the case with West Ham. I'm, I'm sure you, it was kind of that that is when we're available west west ham mm. are doing what they always tend to do on that night they've got a second game that day so they're playing 
at Boreham Wood, I think. So West Ham tend to split their squad between two between two games. Or Ipswich obviously being the the bigger test for them compared to Boreham Wood. So it'll be interesting to see who from West Ham we, we see at Portman Road for that one. But yeah, I imagine it's just when they were available to, to slot in. Ultimately, Mark, we, we, we talk about the what, what does pre-season mean? What can we read into it all? And it doesn't really mean a lot. I've seen pre-seasons, what, what was it, with the year which lost 6-0 at Charlton in the final warm-up game and then had a storming opening month under Mick McCarthy. There's been other pre-seasons that have gone really well and it's not translated. So um, managers will always just tell you it's about fitness in the legs, just getting them up to speed and up and running again. Can I jump in? As you know, I'm a polite young man. I'm, I'm the, this, the you know the youngster of the group, the prospect, and all that. I just didn't want to jump in and interrupt. Um, one game I'm looking forward to is Wimbledon because um, it's at Plough Lane. I didn't think we were going to return to Plough Lane so quickly because, um, of course, they got relegated to League Two. But I saw also a double header for the women's team. They play afterwards, so it's going to be a nice day all round, you know, for town mm. fans watching two games. So it should be an interesting day. Yeah, it's a nice idea. That they're not doing that with any of the other friendlies, though, are they? As far as I know, no, no. It's just a, it's just a nice, a nice idea. Um, Roscoe, your second team we know is Ross County, correct? <laughs> um, bear with me. What? <laughs> so that's an unusual response. For those of you just listening, Ross just vanished off the screen. Oh, he's come back with a Ross County scarf. There we go. Yeah, um, Liam from Crew. He's actually an Inverness fan. He's got multiple teams, um, and they're, they're rivals. They're the Highland rivals. So he, um, he actually got me a Ross County scarf. But I've also got Napoli because of my family and stuff as well. But, but yeah. Got when are you two going up for a Highlands derby? Then when are you two going on it? Maybe oh, that could be the first thing you do once you can drive. You can drive, yeah. uh, mm. drive yourselves up to the Highlands. In bare feet. Yeah. Yeah. Eating what's it? A Tobler. That's, that's, an, that's an Alan Partridge reference, Alan Ross. Reference. Yeah, You'll okay. get used to this. You spend enough time around these two. <laughs> yeah. um, but sadly, um, they're not in the same league, Ross County and um, Inverness, so that, that won't happen until they draw in a cup or something or Inverness get promoted. So one day. By the time, by the time you can go if, and drive, I'd imagine Inverness will be in the Champions League. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we, we will see. Um, friends, let's move on, shall we? I'm going to stay with you, Roscoe. I want to give you your, your thoughts on this. Cameron Humphreys, another bit of news from this week. Um, I called him a super prospect in a piece that I've written <laughs> for the paper on Monday because I'm prone to hyperbole, as we all know, friends. Um, he signed a new three-year deal. Very exciting um, breakthrough season, shall we say, last season, playing for, for three sides, the 18s, the 23s, and, of course, the senior side. Looked very, very impressive indeed on the final day against Charlton. A um, lot of excitement about this, but the, the thing that interests me most is how should we approach Cameron Humphreys next season? A lot of feedback I got um, when the news came out was that that's great, but he's not going to play next season. So let's send him out on loan, League Two. We talked about this before with Elkin Baggett. We've said that a League Two loan might be the next logical step. We haven't really talked about it with Humphreys. So what, what do you, where do you stand on that whole debate? He's 18. And obviously, when you look at a young player, you go, yeah, send him out on loan. But sometimes... He's been part of the you know first team training last season under Mikira McKenna. In my opinion, I'd keep him here. I, I think I'd like to keep him here and be part of the match day squads, make an impact when we can. 
Um, I think this will be a good grounding season for him. And then maybe next season, if we are in the championship, maybe then loan him out back to League One. But I, I rate him highly, actually, Cameron Humphreys. Um, I'm not going to put him too much on a pedal still because he's, he's still only 18. So, um, you know, give him a bit of slack. But I'm pleased the club have given him, you know, that long-term deal. You know, we saw Liam Gibbs. He went to Norwich last mm. season for free or not more fee or whatever it was. But I'm pleased we've tied him down and he's just another young player that I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully progressing. And uh, yeah, we shall see what the boys think of Cameron Humphreys. There you go, boys. Uh, There's your cue. I'd keep him as well. I think I think he is going to struggle for league minutes. You just have to look at, at, at kind of Dominic Ball signing Sam Morsey, Lee Evans as in the in the proper sort of midfield area. That's a very senior mm. area of the pitch, higher up the pitch. I think they'll recruit, and obviously, I think Connor Chaplin and Sonia Luco are obviously two vastly senior players. But between between August and and December, there's there's cup games. There's the EFL trophy and in those games, you'd hope that that would be kind of the the proving ground for what the work that he can do with McKenna um, at the training ground. So I would 100% be keeping him around at least for the first half of the season and then see where that takes you kind of in January after after Christmas um, and, and treat him treat him that way because he is only young. He's very young. Like Talk about Baggett going out on loan. He's that bit older, that bit more worldly wise in terms of mm international stuff that he's done Corian Darba has been out on loan this season a lot older um so I would I'd probably keep Humphreys around for a season and and, and see what um a good solid year six months at least of work with McKenna can do for him agreed yeah um I think it's a bit different for defenders and goalkeepers when we talk about Darba and Bagger I think as a defender, you tend to either play or you don't play, and you get you have to go out and get that forty games, and you know harden you up a little bit in lower levels. I think is a little bit different for sort of attack-minded players. You can sort of ease them in with substitute appearances here and there, cup games, things like that. Um, yes, he's eighteen, but if you're if you're good enough, you're old enough. I'm minded of sort of Teddy Bishop playing a a pretty central role in the Europe, which finished sixth in the championship. He, he played most games in, in central midfield alongside Cole Scoos. I think if you're a team that's on a bit of an upward trajectory and has got some good, solid, experienced players that are going to help you along, that there's a there's a moment in time that can be right to blood talented young players. And it feels like that potentially could be a, a good breeding ground for Cameron Humphreys as opposed to if Ipswich are in the latter stages of their championship decline and it's all a bit of a negative atmosphere and it's toiling toiling on the pitch a little bit, you can damage young players by putting him into that environment. I think this is a positive environment to start getting Cameron Humphreys involved in. The way McKenna sets up his team with those sort of two number 10s, I think that that might be a better area. He might ultimately end up being a, a deeper central midfielder, but I think playing in that advanced position might enable him to kind of find his senior football footing that little bit more. And and Ipswich are still quite light on the ground in that area. If you look at it with, with Selena having gone, it's, it's Chaplin and Aluko only really at the moment. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, for me, he's got to stay at least for the next six months. And as Andy says, you, you can always assess that again in January after, after the cup games maybe have, have dried up by that point and, and see where Ipswich are at. That's what happened with Flynn, with not so much with the cups, with Flynn Downs, wasn't it? He he had his moment in time, kind of burst on a scene in the summer, played a good, a decent amount of football in the first half of his first season. But when it became 
apparent that he wasn't play every single week and the football wasn't quite there for him. He went on loan to Luton, didn't he? Second half of the season mm. and did really, really well. So mm. um, I don't... I, my gut feeling is Humphreys won't play as much as as, as Downs did at, the, at that time, but the same principle can be applied and you can... You can do what's right for their development at different at different intervals because what you don't want is him stalling, which is being around for an entire season of well, he won't be eligible for the under eighteens anymore. But but twenty threes football, if 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 you're too good for it, you can stall. So mm. I'm sure it's, it'll be something they'll be pretty fluid with and assessing as they go along. It's mm. hard for us to have a very strong opinion on this because the reality is we don't know how good he is. We've seen him. Play mm. for 90 minutes against Newport, where I thought he was probably the best player on the pitch. He's played for seven minutes at Charlton on the night that it got a bit toxic and Toto confronted the fans and in that sticky period in the season. And he played for 15 minutes on the final day of the season and he came on and obviously got an assist there. And that's pretty much all we that, well, that is all we saw of him. I think he got five minutes against Barrow in the first game as well. So we've we as fans and outsiders have only seen him for a handful of minutes. I guess the fact that Kieran Dyer has, has called him the second best midfielder at the club upon him leaving his under-23s role has kind of added to the noise surrounding him, but it will be up to McKenna and everyone else at the club to kind of make their own their own opinions on what they see of him as a player, as a personality, day in, day out. But he's obviously done enough to get that new contract. And uh, I guess a lot will come down to, to pre-season and... We'll, He'll probably end up getting quite a few minutes in those in those games that we've already talked about. Mm. Watching the interview the club did with him, by the way, what um, a composed, thoughtful young man, well spoken uh, for eighteen years old. A, he sounds like Tom Daly, which is no bad thing. Uh, and B, thinking back to when I was eighteen, if you'd have plonked me down in front of a camera and done and done an interview with me, having signed for a football club, I would have been nowhere near that loquacious and, and well spoken. Uh, and there, obviously, there is an element of, of football cliches dripping in, but. Um, I just thought, yeah, he came across really well. So fantastic news. And we, we even saw senior players tweeting, didn't we, to say um, congratulations, Connor Chaplin, one of those. So clearly very highly thought of young man, Cameron Humphreys. Right then, next on this news roundup, the wheel of news is going to stop on Hutchie. Ed Sheeran has extended his sponsorship of the Ipswich Town kit for another season. Um, it's always nice when this we see this because yesterday when that news broke, not only was it a a local story, a national story. It was an international story. All over Twitter, I was seeing things from, from places that I follow. They don't normally cover football, sharing the news that Ed Sheeran was sponsoring Ipswich Town. And that's the beauty of the whole thing, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a great partnership, isn't it? Like how, how lucky are Ipswich Town to have mm. seen sort of what the world's leading um, musician, I, I guess you could call him, um, grow up supporting their club how how fortunate is that and, and credit to the club as well because not not they are very fortunate that that's happened but but they've I think they've done a really good job of trying to maximize that in recent times um so yeah it's um it's, it's hard to find anything but positive in it isn't it it's um Ipswich, Ipswich Town gets talked about well outside its sphere I think the logo actually looks really good on shirts. It's a nice, it's a nice looking sponsorship yeah. logo. It's something nobody else is ever going to have. I wouldn't have thought. And um, yeah, given that I think Ed's world 
tour is probably never going to end. Um, <laughs> he, he would, he's, he's, that goes on well into 2023. It makes an awful lot of sense for um, for that to happen again. I feel sure that this is just the beginning of the tie-ups between him and the club as well going forward. I'm sure there'll be plenty, plenty more over the years. On that note, if he is going to get a squad number again this season, can we actually see him play? Because last season was disappointing. I think if he's, get, if he's going to get a squad number, needs to be eligible to play and needs to be seen on the pitch. In the Pizza Trophy, in the Carabao Cup, whatever. But I want to see Ed Sheeran play for Ipswich Town. I think we all do. <laughs> Ross, is going, Ross is doing this. If you're not watching the video, he's shaking his head. I think when you described him as a musician, um, Hutchie, Rossi probably had uh, thoughts on that. But I know, I know you're not a fan of Ed Sheeran, Ross. You're too cool for Ed Sheeran. But you cannot deny that having the world's biggest selling artist, which I think he probably is at the moment, certainly one of the most popular musicians on planet Earth, ripping your club and ripping the shirt, that's a good thing, regardless of what you think of him, surely. Yeah, of course it's a good thing. You know, massive exposure. It's like worldwide, isn't just, you know, as yeah. you said, like, you know, it's not local story. It's not just in England. It's worldwide. You know, there's mm. every country in the world, there'll be random people wearing this shirt because it's got his tour on it. But, you know, it, you know, more sh- shirts were sold, I think, weren't it last year's, you know, all time, you know, the amount of mm. new shirts were sold. Um, and as I said, it's just great exposure. And, you know, he's a local lad as well. So it's always good to see a local lad do good, even if you're not. You know, don't like his music. You know, that's not your taste. But you just got to go. It looks good as well, doesn't it? It just looks good on the shirt. So yeah, there we go. That's all I've got to say. Fair enough. The logo is is good, and that's that's obviously a key part of things, isn't it? So it certainly beats having uh, being one of the sort of eighty ninety percent that seem to all have betting companies on the front, and the sort of the era that we live in with with the way sponsorship has gone. Mm. Something quite wholesome about having your homegrown music superstar, and the fact that he's not just gone for Ed Sheeran on the front. It's quite. A, yeah. <laughs> I think it's quite nice that sort of mathematics tour logo on on there as well. Is is it's quite nice as logos go, isn't it? Um, and the money makes a difference. As much as Ipswich have got this kind of American money behind them now, you are bound by sort of spending a percentage of what you bring in with um, sustainability and, and sort of the League One's version of FFP. So the money that Ed is putting in, which they've never disclosed, but has always just kind of been alluded to as being significant, makes a makes a direct impact on the budget that Kieran McKenna has got to spend in, in this transfer window. So, um, yeah, manner from heaven, uh, Ed Sheeran, sort of not landing Ipswich Town's lap, but just uh, it's, it's just fallen quite nicely, isn't it? And just on the exposure point of view, just just to explain the Sheeran, the power of Sheeran, our most read story on our website, the entire East Anglian Daily Times website so far this month is Ed Sheeran picking up a curry from his local curry house. That, my friends, is the most read story on our website this month. Man collects takeaway in place where he lives. That Ooh, is a- you are missing a layer of that story, though. What's that? Um- because I believe when he finished his gig at the Palace or whatever he was doing as part of the Jubilee, they, they asked him what he was doing and he said, I'm going home to get a curry. So that's okay. So I think that's where the I think that's where the, the interest may have Is may that have where come it's from. is that where it is? Because I've su- yeah. suggested to Newsdesk that we do a series which is just basically Ed Sheeran doing everyday things. Ed Sheeran takes his dog for a walk down his local park. Ed Sheeran goes for a jog. Uh, the thing is, 
they would get hits, friends. That is the 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 power of the man. So to have him connected to the football club brings so many more extra eyes and interest. And I'm sure there are people who support town across the world now for no other reason than Ed Sheeran, which is which is great. Uh, right then, friends, we're coming to the end of this news roundup. Um, Hutchie, I'm going to stick with you because you dropped a little uh, exclusive Luke Wolfenden interview earlier this week. Um, do you want to tell people about it just as part of this, this general roundup? Yeah, I had a chat with Luke recently after he extended his contract and um, he was, uh, yeah, he was in a positive, positive mood, both about his future and about the clubs. And um, yeah, it's just quite nice, quite nice to see sort of players so enthused about how their club is, is going, um, mm-hmm. enthused about his own development. We know he's, he's played incredibly well under Kieran McKenna, but also pretty focused in uh, knowing that he can't sort of just rest on on that. He's uh, he's he's kind of declared his recent times the most consistent of his career. Um, but we've we've seen those highs from him before. He knows that he can't afford to have the dips that he's also had in his career previously. So, looking forward to seeing Luke Wolfenden return and try and like go up another level. Hopefully, mm-hmm. at the start of next season, he seems pretty focused um, in in trying to do that. You ever tempted Hutch when you speak to Luke Wolfenden, you see the hair, you see the bleach bl- bleach blonde hair. You ever think, that's a good look for me, actually. I might give that a, a go. What What do you think? Your, what, how I would think, that look? I think I think 100,000% yes. Right. It's a sort of, it's not like bleach blonde, it's sort of dirty blonde, isn't it? It's got a little bit of, uh, like sort of dark in it as well. I reckon, I reckon that's suit. I reckon you're the sort of man who could pull that off. On what basis is, are you, are you thinking I could pull that off? I'm, I'm interested like, I, to know. I, I'd like to see it. Yeah, you think it'd be funny. Don't you? I think you're more the man. I think you're more the man. You've got the new teeth. You've got the vest on today. Yeah. The man chasing the youthful look should be the one to. to are you? Uh, are you implying that I'm in some way having? Are you saying implying? Oh, straight up saying a midlife crisis. That's what you're saying. Um, okay, I'll, I'll take that uh, and I'll deal with it. And you may have more than a more than a point there. Um, the blonde done. Come on. I did actually dye my hair blonde back in the day um, when I was at at, uh, at uh, journalism college. I was bleach that blonde. Doesn't surprise me. Is that the same sort of time when you shaved stripes into your eyebrows? Hundred thousand percent, it was. Yeah, it was also the same time that Eminem was coming out. Uh, the two may have been related. Um, wasn't a strong look when I look back at pictures of me from that that period. Did you do um, it yourself? Uh, yes. Someone... Yeah, well, that's yeah. That, a classic of the genre. Absolutely. Uh, I did all, all my own haircuts back then uh, and eyebrow lines and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I was um, an interesting looking young man, shall we say. Uh, there are several several pictures from the era that, hey, maybe one day I'll share. I don't know. Uh, I did right accidentally then... dye my hair blonde once in, oh, in, come on. at, at the front. Accidentally? Do you want to know how? Did you well, ac- accidentally put your face in acid? Uh, yeah, uh, no. Um, <laughs> just the front bits here. I accidentally bought uh, the wrong moisturizer, which had uh, <laughs> which had fake tan in it. Amazing. Um, and I went a bit too close to the old hairline. Got some in the hair. Didn't think it mattered because it's just moisturizer. Yeah. That's fine in hair. Don't really want it there. But it turned out it it kind of gave me some little tints at the front. That's that's as good as that's you're gonna right. get. That was a thing for a while, wasn't it? Doing like the front of the. Uh... Curtains, you'd just get the front bit sort of done blonde. I've seen that was kind of an early, early noughties thing. Curtains I've also got a similar, a look. similar incident. I decided I, I wanted to do the blonde hair thing when I, when I had hair. 
when I was younger and I bought, you know, there's a thing called sun in, you just sort of spray it on your hair and it's meant to naturally sort of lighten your hair in the sun. And I went, I went on holiday um, with my family for a fortnight and uh, it, uh, it just went bright ginger basically at the <laughs> end. And uh, that coincided with me meeting the, the now in-laws for the first time. I turned up, looked like a right, a right idiot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I had to buy some brown dye to dye it back to natural colour. Amazing. Uh, I could talk about haircuts all day because I've had some absolute stinkers. Um, but we should probably move on. Um, other other bits of news, maybe a couple of bits have come out this morning, Sue, you might want to touch on. Um, Lucy Egan ban, which is an extraordinarily long ban. Um, you find out the reasons for that and also uh, a little announcement from the club this morning. Just want to mention those in passing. Uh, yeah, obviously this sort of raised a few eyebrows when the news came out from Ipswich Town Women that Lucy Egan had been given, they originally said 162 day ban, having contacted the FA, it's actually a, uh, let me get the, the correct length, it's 100 218. 218, thank you, so it's longer than even uh, originally put out, so that equates to what, the best part of seven and a half months, which um, which is an extraordinary length of time. Um, we've published the sort of full reasons from the FA report um, on the website. It's um, Ipswich had a goal disallowed in the last minute of their last game of the season. They lost 1-0 to finish third. Lucy's confronted the referee, used some choice language and uh, slapped the referee's outstretched arm away. And that uh, after a, a hearing from an independent panel, that they've decided that that is the, uh, the fitting punishment to go with that. So... Um, created a bit of a debate on social media some people saying yeah it's about time referees you know some some harsher punishments came out for the way that people behave towards referees because we're having a shortage of referees at grassroots level because of the the abuse that they're getting others saying we'll compare it to the length of bands especially in the men's game there's not many comparable length of bands for for that period of time. Even if you're going back to like De Canio pushing over a referee, I think he got 11 games for that. Mm. Um, even I think about to the Alan Judge incident last year, where the referee obviously put his head in towards Alan Judge. I think he only ended up um, being banned for about 20 days after that. Um, so, is there some inconsistencies in the punishments that are being handed out here? I think we'd all agree that there needs to be some more respect towards referees in the game. No one's condoning, obviously, what what Lucy is uh, alleged to have done. But um, I thought that, that you know that's, there's an interesting debate around that, that length of ban that's uh, been handed her way. Yeah. Rossi, obviously, you're our, our, our main source of Ipswich Town women's news. Um, I'm assuming this has been quite a big talking point. Without um, libeling or defaming anyone, um, I'm assuming that uh, there's been a little bit of consternation about the length of ban. It doesn't, as Stu just said there, comparing it to other bans in the men's game, seems a bit harsh. That is the key word there. It is very harsh. You know, 218 days, whatever it is, it's just unbelievable, you know, for for what she's allegedly done. It's, you know, as Stu's already said, the example is there. It's just, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's out of character for Lucy. You know, it's not really um, what she would, you know, would normally do, but um, it is just harsh and I don't know what else to say about how 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 important is she in terms of the next season? Clearly, we're hoping for big things from the ladies again next season, making that hopefully that next step. How, how important a player is she? And she, clearly, she's going to miss games now. Yeah, I think she won't be back until December. If you 
I think the date, so she's going to be mm. away for a while. And she is, you know, she's a centre half, and we play for it at the back at the moment anyway. I don't know if Joe's going to change his tactics or formations, but she's a she's been a key player, part of the team, you know, from 2019, you know, part of that historic FA Cup run back in the, when we played Man City. And even till now, she's been, you know, main part of the team. So uh, she will be a big miss. Um, but when she's back, I'm sure she's going to be, you know, ready and firing to go. Mm. Let us know what you think about that. And just finally, Stewie, there's there's a bit of an announcement from the club this morning, wasn't there? Which um, we should we should note on a on a news Ipswich Town podcast. Yeah, Ipswich Town's Community Trust, which is the charity arm of of the club, has been rebranded as the Ipswich Town Foundation. I think the, the club sat down. I think there's now twelve trustees now driving that forward. Dan Powfrey, the uh, Sort of the, the main man heading up the community side of things at Ipswich Town, alongside the likes of Matt Holland, Connor Chaplin, Natasha Thomas from from the women's side of things. They're constantly sitting down and looking at ways to kind of expand the community side of it. Mark Ashton has made it very clear that community has to be at the absolute heart and forefront of what this club does. Obviously, the power of Ipswich being a, a one-club county and, and engaging with more people and, and inspiring mm. that new generation of fans. So they've, I think they've looked at the Premier, a lot of Premier League clubs apparently have foundations, which I don't know the full reasons, but opens up sort of more possibilities in terms of the diversity of programs that you can put on and the things that you can do. So they've gone down that route and obviously just a rebrand just puts it in the public eye again and, and um, just, just makes people realize how important it is to them. So uh, interesting to see what what big plans they've got for that going forwards. Yeah, good stuff. You chat with uh, with Matt Holland about that and, and other matters which you'll be putting out tomorrow. It'll be in print tomorrow as well. Right then, friends, that brings us to the end of the news roundup. Let's have a little bit of banter before we go, shall we? What is Andy Warren's kit of the week? It looks an interesting one over the right hand shoulder. Um, it looks like an old jumper that I used to have. Um, so it's, is that brown, the kind of top stripe? Then you've got a middle stripe of white. Is that Under Armour? Under Armour. Manufacturers. And then then red for the rest of it. Rossi knows. What what is it, Rossi? Galatasaray, isn't it? No. Oh, Uh, it's a German. It's a German. Do you want me to go and get it a bit closer? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It looks like the sponsor is... Is that Constar? Go and bring it closer, Andy. What's a Constar? I got it completely wrong. I'm not too confident. I'm not sure how I feel about brown in a football top. Um, is it? It's German. Is is it not German? It's German. It's Saint German. Pauli. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's Saint Pauli. There we go. Is that? Is that? Is that it's got paint drips on it. Yep. <laughs> oh, I like that feature. That's that's not too bad at all. I'm also a big fan of Under Armour. So uh, Under Armour is a manufacturer of kit. What's it like, Hutchie? Is it? At, is it a good one in person? Yeah, I like this one. You like yep. it. It's my first my first um, under armor garment ever. How how recent is that? Uh 2 years. Oh, Matt Penny might have worn that. <laughs> oh no, he didn't. He he uh, I think he he didn't wear this one. So maybe it was last season. But um yeah. Interesting club, interesting kit. Yeah. I like under armor. I'd like to see more under armor kits maybe. Anyway, um, moving on, and on the subject of, I like the way you just chucked that away, by the way. <laughs> just, just whoosh. Uh, on the subject of Brown, I want to finish this week with a big KOA debate. Um, one of our one of our listeners, member of the KOA Army called Andrew on Twitter, tagged us in an image 
of a Bovril ice lolly, which is being handed out outside Wembley at a recent event. And he said, surely this is one for a KOE debate. And Andrew, you know us so well, because as soon as I saw that, I thought, yes, we have to talk about Bovril ice lollies. Um, so who wants to start this? Uh, Hutchie, you're a noted fan of beefy, meaty drinks and Bovril as a whole. But generally, when we've spoken about this, it's in the colder months. This, this is in your wheelhouse to interject because you don't like hot drinks, mm. but you do like Bovril. You'll make an exception for Bovril. So for the Iceman, this is <laughs> this this should be perfect for you, shouldn't it? What What's not to like about icy beef? <laughs> and that, well, and that's lot. all I've re- that's all I've got to say about that. Really, what what what's not to like? Ice cold beef, yes, please. On a so hot you're day. so you're you're wandering along outside Wembley on your way to a game or whatever. Someone says here, Andy, because they know who you are, obviously. Um, have a Bovril ice lolly. You go, yes, please. I'll have a Bosch on that. Is that what you say? Yeah, it's like a cold pepper army, isn't it? Like meat in a little travel pack that you can like <laughs> get out and. And, and crack on with it like what to, everything you've, not, you're you've not offered you've offered me nothing i've said what's not to like and none of you can come well, up with anything literally everything beef. you've said everything you said is wrong icy beef cold pepper army these are not things that should be associated unless you're at a zoo and you're feeding the animals on a hot day and you'll give them iced beef um rossi a noted foodie that you are with with eclectic tastes bovril ice dolly what are you saying What's a bovril? I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, not not for me. I like ice lollies and all that, but they need to be sweet and you know, sugary, not um, not beefy beef flavored. Yeah. <laughs> so, not for me. Although, how does it make? How do they make it like? Because it's pur- it's purple in it. I swear the picture was purple. It's well, it's sort of brownie, isn't it? Brown I hope it's not really... purple. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's... that'd be aubergine, <laughs> an aubergine ice lolly. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's brown. Um, Stewie. You're it's, like it's me, the, surely. It's the salt content that's putting me off here. I can't get my head around an ice lolly tasting salty. Um, don't knock it till you've tried it. But on this occasion, I think it would just be an outright no. Yeah. And you've also obviously that one of the, the great joys of ice lollies is when they start to melt, you've got that kind of juicy stuff at the bottom, haven't you? In this case, you're going to have cold bovril, essentially. <laughs> and that she's loving that. <laughs> I let my hot, I don't I don't like hot drinks particularly. Yeah, but I I do like them when they go cold. I will quite often. You've probably witnessed me, Stu, have a bovril that I kind of drink at the end of the game when I got it at the beginning. You dirty. You probably boy. haven't noticed, but you will now. <laughs> okay, um, I, I would I would I would have a go on it just because I I feel like I should always try new things, especially when it comes to food. But I've got to say. My first instincts were hell to the no, boys. Um, and as predicted, one of our other listeners, Mullet, predicted how we might respond to that. And I think he's got it spot on, uh, with Andy being the only one who would say, yes, yes, please. Uh, right then, friends, that brings us to the end of this week's show. Um, a few things to tease before we go. Um, Andy, not Andy, Mike Bacon's podcast on Sunday, 6am, Stephen Foster's favourite, Town 11. And also, friends, it would be remiss of me not to mention a, an excellent video feature that dropped yesterday, Rossi. Last King Standing, um, a little a little idea, a little uh, Ross Hall's production, which you need to go back and watch, friends, because probably the best seven minutes of video of your life. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. 
Oh, time up on that feature. Someone's a bit salty, aren't they? Speaking of Bovril. Um, Yeah, go go back and watch that if you've not, because it's a good watch. Um, Also support our sponsors, uh, user code carry at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. Obviously, the sun is out now. You need to get that that body trim uh, and various other parts of you shaved up um, ahead of the summer. Uh, And also, as I say, excellent new boxer shorts range. Get yourself involved there. Uh, And also follow us across all our social media, Kings of Anger on YouTube, please, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Chaps, any other business to throw into the mix before we head off for the weekend? No other business. No other business. Goodbye. Okay, excellent. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this second dose of, of KOA podcast this week. Um, stay tuned. Next week could be a big week at the club. Uh, I'm off to have a midlife crisis. Uh, I hope you have a great weekend. We'll speak to you next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.